You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. everyone and welcome to the Health Hub. My name is Kathy Biasse and along with our producer Alex Diaz, we'd like to welcome you to the show today. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? Pretty good. I was uh, taking a couple of Jays games this weekend and I don't know if you can already tell, but my voice is kind of raspy. Were you, uh, yeah. so you saw Morales' uh, yeah, home was, run tear, was, part of it anyways? I was fortunate to, to see the, the last home run of the streak and the one on Saturday, so Got a bit of, uh, saw a bit of history. So yeah, well, there's some silver linings for sure. It's going to be fun next year. Hopefully we won't be two years until we see uh, a really good Jays team. But um, it's fun, I guess, you know, when the season's lost uh, June and July, it's fun to see the you, kids coming up and you, the potential. You, you kind of have to hold on to hope at this point. <laughs> well, it's it's so funny with baseball that it's it can just, it's so definitive. Like you make this decision in July if you're, going to be in it or not and then you either start you know letting pieces go or you start buffering them up and unfortunately this year for us we're letting a large majority of our pieces go well that's true although although some of the pieces that we have coming up are very exciting as you mentioned it'll be interesting the dynamic of the team if they're going to keep some of the um the old hats it'd be nice to see um uh, martin stick around yeah, I just, like him. just that whole Canadian aspect, really. It is. And I think with all the kids, you're going to need uh, some sort of mentorship in that, the program. But, that's uh, true. We could have a whole talk on the Jays. That's for a different show. Yeah, it is for a different show. And it's, you know, we want to keep things upbeat. And I oh, don't yeah. think, I think part of the show is, you know, yeah, it's gonna, beer left. It's, it's going to drain our listeners if we keep it talking might, about the current it, Well, it, it certainly drains me. So, um, <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about health. Let's talk about health. And, you know, everybody, um, Daniel doesn't have earphones on or anything, or do you? But Daniel is new to us. And uh, I don't want to shock you, Daniel. You don't have to grab a microphone or anything. I don't want to. But, uh, you know, very happy to have Daniel supporting us. I'm very fortunate to. Now I look to see Alex, who's the producer, and uh, Daniel. Thank you, Kathy. It's It's been an honor and a pleasure to work behind the scenes here at uh, Radio Maria. And um, I, I I do hope to be uh, doing more of it in the future. And I'm, I can't wait to see what uh, what else we have planned for uh, for our listeners in the future. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. It sure thank does you. take a village. You're very welcome. It takes a village to put all these pieces together and... Uh, Again, I'm extremely fortunate to have such a strong group of people. So I didn't mean to throw you off there, Daniel. I didn't prepare you or anything, but uh, it's been uh, a few shows coming, and I and I 
decided to throw it in now. So there you go. So as you can tell that our show is live, we are um, at 416-245-1534. You can uh, reach us and please do follow us on our social media sites, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at the Health Hub RMC on all three spots. Email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. Such amazing content. I can't tell you the the um, the the vastness of things that we can bring to you. And every show has a piece for some or a piece for everybody, um, either personally or somebody you know. So, so do take a listen, do follow us, uh, do leave happy comments. It really helps uh, promote our guests, promote the show. You can subscribe to our podcast. Our, all of our live shows here are flipped over into a podcast format. So you can subscribe to our podcast, The Health Hub, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the uh, podcast platforms. And you can find our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada site, which is www.radiomaria.ca. And you can find it on my website, kathybiasse.com. Now, our show from last week with Dr. Nicole Avina on what to feed baby and toddler is up. Really informative, even for somebody who has been through the baby stage. A lot of great information, and even if you don't have babies of your own, just um, some of the research behind what she's doing. A very intelligent, smart woman, and uh, really great to have her on the show last week. So by this time next week, many of the kids will be heading off for their first day of the 2018-19 school year. Where has the summer gone? I can't believe it. But not long after school starts come the sniffles and the coughs and the fevers when cold and flu season hits. It's inevitable. But what we can do is start a regular supplement uh, routine for the kids as they, they start their new year. And it can go a long way into preventing illness or at least lessening the hit of it. And when it lessens the hit for our children, it lessens the impact of it on our family because mom and dad stay up with the little ones and it can fly through the house. Uh, any viruses, bacteria can fly through the house uh, with a vengeance. So taking precautionary steps, starting, you know, you can, this can apply to, to all of us, but I'm focusing here on the kids because it's back to school. So I'm going to give you what I think are the most important supplements to start uh, your child off with. Uh, diet definitely uh, is the big underscore here. Definitely you want a solid diet for the kids. Um, and that actually is something that we hearkened to last week with Dr. Nicole Avina, and she gave us some snack tips, but um, I'll leave that for, for your listening. But a good multivitamin um, is a real foundational supplement uh, to start with your kids. So a good multivitamin with minerals. Again, taken alongside a well-balanced diet, a multivitamin with a good mineral supplement just gives that added support Kids running around, they're excited at school. They may not eat the nutritious lunch that you give them. It's just a good multivitamin. Just ensure that they're getting what they need and avoid nutritional deficiencies. Um, it's easy to, to get them nowadays. So many great supplement companies out there. You can get the multivitamin in a liquid form and a chewable. So, so do your due diligence with a good supplement company. Stay away from the fillers. And uh, a good place to start giving them a multivitamin. And this sets the stage for life as well. Also important uh, for all of us, but uh, for kids especially, is vitamin D. Vitamin D's main job is to help, uh, one of its main jobs, not its main job, but one of the jobs that vitamin D does, it's a multitasker, is to absorb calcium from foods. And this really helps to build strong bones and teeth for growing children. 
It also helps, vitamin D also helps support the maintenance of healthy immune system. So again, when your little ones are heading back to school, now's the time to strengthen their systems up. So a good vitamin D. And again, you can get this. You could also, you know, you could get it in a multi-format, but um, a drop uh, in drop form, you can put it on the back of their hand and have them lick it off as well. So a good vitamin D supplement is highly recommended. Another key one is omega-3 for kids. Uh, This can be a tough one to give in the oil form, but the supplement companies are getting very ingenious with their flavoring. And again, you can get these in a chewable form, I believe. Again, I'm out of the child market, so but I do believe I've seen them in a chewable form. Omega-3 improves cognitive function. So the brain of a developing child needs omega-3s to develop. And along with that will come hand-eye coordination. It will help with attention span, social skills, behavior, um, and uh, just an overall contributor to to healthy, healthy brain uh, function. Um, And it has been linked, and it is linked to uh, a good, strong immune system, so helping to reduce inflammation. So in a diet, you can get this from oily fish and salmon, um, nuts and seeds, chia. But again, sometimes the kids just don't have the time or the inclination to eat well, so a good supplement for them to have. And finally, um, a key for all of us is a good probiotic. Friendly bacteria, you know, we've talked about this so many times. Uh, I've talked about it and with our guest. Bacteria, uh, friendly bacteria is key for immune function. Most of the of our immunity, the seat of our immunity is in our gut. So supporting our gut bacteria with a good probiotic will help for uh, mineral absorption. It will help for bowel movement And again, for the support of the immune system, probiotics are, um, are, are very easy to come by for sure. And, and it's very hard for young ones to incorporate. You've got to be, you've got to be a little, um, smart when you're incorporating fermented foods for kids. They do have a taste. Adults have a bit of a hard time with them. So a good probiotic. So those are the mainstays for me and what I'd like to see in a child's diet, um, and getting them off to a good start for back to school. And good luck with back to school for everybody. So our guest today, I've been looking forward to this for a while. I'm a runner, and um, the only thing that goes through my mind is getting to the end of my run. And um, I would really, I'm really looking for uh, nice tips from our guest. He is William Poulin. He is a London-based psychotherapist and author of the book, Run for Your Life, Mindful Running for a Happy Life. He has also recently done a TED Talk called Movement is Medicine, uh, a great one. I listened to it um, a couple of days ago. It's really, it's really interesting what he has, he has to promote here. He is the founder of Dynamic Running Therapy, and it's a new approach to psychotherapy that combines talk therapy with movement. And when we get back, we will be speaking to William about his dynamic therapy. In this prison there's a fight between who I am and who I used to be The stone in my side is your grace For because of it the flesh 
flesh and blood of God was offered in my place. My place. You fought the fight in me. You chased me down and finished the race. I was blind, but now I see. Jesus, you kept the faith in me. friends go and my defense they disappeared just like your friends did to you oh Lord but you were there you gave me strength so this little one might come to know the glory of your name Listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Our show is live today. You can call us at 416 245 1534. We'd really like to pump up the call ins. That would be really great for us. We're getting a lot of questions online, but. Uh, to have you guys call in would be really great for our guests. They would love to um, to mix and mingle with you. If you would like to to send us questions, there still is time on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Health Hub RMC. We've got people looking out for those, and we can add them to the list of questions that we already have. So without further ado, welcome to the show, William. Well, hello, Kathy. It's really nice to be here. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I've been looking forward to the show, as I said. Um, so, but let's start at the top. How did you get involved in becoming a psychotherapist and, and the whole development of your wonderful program? Well, like a lot of psychotherapists, I, I had that um, convoluted journey into my vocation, which uh, involves a sort of uh, a difficult moment in my life when I was about, um, about 39, about 12 years ago. And... Um, I, I went into therapy myself, and, and I, w- I would guess about sort of 80% of therapists come in via therapy themselves. So that's how I got into therapy. Okay, and then so obviously something brought you to this idea of, of attaching movement with 
therapy? Was there was there an aha moment, or was this just something you sat down and created? Well, I'd been doing something called British Military Fitness before that, which is a kind of training program, uh, on and off, just keeping me fit and uh, and whatnot, and, and you know to. To, I used to drink quite a lot and smoke a lot and other things like that. And so it would sort of balance things out. But then, as I said, I had this difficult period in my life and I took up therapy and I realized that if I took up running and did it more seriously, um, then it would potentially give me uh, a great out of the really sort of distressed state I was in. I was sort of very depressed, but more than that, you know, I was in a, I was in a very sort of abandoned and nervous and scared state. And, um, and so I took up the running and it gave me, first of all, a sense of achievement. It gave me something to do. Um, I was between jobs at the time or I was working part-time in television really. And, um, but what I noticed when I rang up my friend, uh, uh, who was going through something similar was that we could really talk and I'd never run with anybody else. And I noticed how easy it was to talk about what was going on in my life. And I, and he was going through a divorce and he was sharing everything about his life. And soon we were having these incredibly, um, intimate, powerful, rewarding runs, very slow at first, you know, walking at first actually. And then we would just tack on 50 or hundred meters each day. And before you know what's what, um, you know, you're going serious distances. So that's how that came about. Is the aim of your program to get into shape? No, most definitely not. Um, you know, it, it, it's a form of psychotherapy. And I stress that to anybody who rings me. The, the use of the movement is, it's, it's, there are many, many reasons why I've added running into what is otherwise regular psychotherapy. Um, or, or mostly regular psychotherapy um, because uh, starting with you just of course the, the, the vitamin D is good for you the fresh air is good for you the fighting sides that come off the trees are great for you uh, getting out is great for you that's on a level everybody recognizes but there's another level people might recognize too which is when you go on a road trip with somebody Quite often you find yourself side by side on the road, in a bus, in a car, on a walk across a mountain, and you find yourself opening up and there's something about travel and community. And so I'm sort of leveraging that. I, I, I believe that my clients feel a, uh, a, a, a very fast therapeutic alliance with me because we're engaged in a, in a bodily pursuit and one that they can see me take every step they take so there's not this sort of or there's less of a power imbalance than there would be in regular psychotherapy where they would travel to me to my office so does that make sense it makes a lot of sense um when I when I saw your book, when I read your book, um, it it was much different than what I thought it was. And like for me, um, my husband is a much better runner than I am, and he it, it, better physically and better mentally. He he runs and he clears his mind, and right. I run and all I want to do is get to the end of it. So right. I think that. Um, your approach is not so much is it's like is therapy on the move basically is what it sounds like to me um 
and it, it seems to be that it it has so many purposes, not just a dual purpose. But are you are you letting conversation develop naturally when you're going with your therapy groups, or are you going out with a topic in mind? Well, it's like uh, I only you know it's one on one, so there's so oh, it's a one on one. It's not groups, and it's open ended therapy, so it's like. It's like regular therapy you would have. You know, we could be doing it for a couple of years or however long. And the conversation's organic. It's mostly led by the client. All movement is led by the client. So if they want to run the whole session, walk the whole session, sit the whole session, whatever they want to do, I follow them. And that's really important because it gives them a sense of agency and it also allows me to sort of get some feedback on where they are and, and read how their movements change according to what they're talking about. So what, what is your book and your therapy? What are you helping people with? Is it all aspects of psychotherapy or is this honing in on a particular avenue that you like to go down? Uh, I think the two big things that uh, therapists are presented with are, are these days are, are depression and anxiety. Um, of course, those can, those, can, those can come from any number of things, but those are uh, often the felt experience. And so I, I, I like to work with those. Um, uh, yeah, I would say those are the most common, but I work with just about anything, you know. Are, um, are your people, whatever at, people bring. Are they at all different levels of athleticism? Yeah, some of them have never run before. You know, and I explained to them, I said, look, we can just do the whole thing walking, if you like, or sitting. We can be outside. You know, it's most definitely not about getting fit. That's, uh, that's really important. But what it is about, and I think, this is, I think this is the most important part of dynamic running therapy. This is the, the, the major moving component, is that when I get from A to B during a session, uh, with one of my clients, my clients get from A to B too. In fact, they're the ones who've decided how to get from A to B, walk, run, sit, whatever. That sense of accomplishment, that sense of movement, that sense of doing um, sits in contrast to the experience many people have of, of, of the powerlessness of anxiety, of depression. And so what happens is as they talk about a week where perhaps Nothing much has happened, and once more, it's felt overwhelming. Um, that's mixed in with the sense of movement and progress. And there's something creative about moving. There's something encouraging about moving. And so they become the person who, instead of being powerless and just feeling like, God, this is happening to me, and I don't know what to do, the anxiety is too much, the, they become somebody who now has a bodily way of of, um, of intervening. They can they can say, well, listen, I, I I don't know what to say about my depression. I don't know how to change it, but what I do know is that I'm going to put 50 minutes in getting from A to B, and that's an accomplishment in itself. And so that accomplishment you see gives people confidence, and confidence equals power, and power equals movement. An exercise has been shown in and of itself to improve people that are depressed. So you really are incorporating two very 
key aspects when you are working with the people that you work with. So it makes it makes a whole bunch of sense to me. Now, within um, now I'm still talking about when you're working with with people. Are you setting goals um, physically? Or uh, because, you know, are you saying, okay, today we're taking an hour and we're going to go as far as we can? Or are, are people trying to work within goals within the running sphere as well as accomplish um, uh, the, the psychotherapy with you? I think, I think most of my clients, I would say, want to get some exercise out there. That's part of their experience of feeling good during the therapy. Um, but no, it's, it's very seldom we set goals. Quite often, I'll ask them how they want, what they want from the session, if there's anything particular they want from the session. And sometimes they'll say, um, you know, I'd like to run for at least 10 minutes. I haven't been running much. Uh, so that sort of goal. Uh, but, you know, it's still understood as a therapeutic journey. You have to be able to talk. Yes. And, and when people can't, they either slow down they walk or they stop. There are moments. Uh, an, another big piece, Kathy, of, of DRT is that running, and I don't know if you've ever had this experience during sports, but quite often when you run really hard or you play tennis really hard, do something really hard so you're out of breath, quite often that can trigger emotional states. And you can find yourself, if you're at an emotional time of your life, you can suddenly feel, feel yourself feeling very emotional as the blood is flowing and it's an added and, stressor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but I think that it's leveraged in a good way in DRT because it helps people to get closer to what they're feeling. So, um, when they get running, they can quite often, they can get in touch with, uh, that emotion, which otherwise is an emotion which they can talk freely about. Oh, yes, I've had an incredibly depressing week, and every week's depressing. But they go running with it, and suddenly they feel it. Perhaps it brings up tears. Perhaps it brings up a greater clarity. Uh, perhaps, but they can regulate that completely as they like, and I remind them of that. You know, there's no, uh, there's no need to trigger emotional states that are, uh, are unpleasant or difficult. But I find that it happens naturally. I find people want to run into uh, the anger. They often want to stop with the tears. Um, and then we have a moment and, and we give that moment space and we do it under a tree. We do it in a beautiful green park. And quite often it feels very organic and, um, and feels natural and feels right. Now, do you leave space for quiet in these runs? Most definitely. Most definitely. You know, therapy is, is uh, quiet as silence is one of the most important elements of it. You know, if, when, when, you're, when you're talking to a client, you're, you're quite tempted to sort of, you know, you can, you can become invested in what you think is happening. But that can be really bad news. You, you shouldn't allow yourself to get too invested because your idea of what's happening is your idea, not their idea. And so it's best to say as little as you can. What you're really doing as a therapist, if you're my kind of therapist, you know, there are many kind of therapists. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of um, person-centered. Um, what you're really doing is you're creating a, a relationship 
with your client, which is uh, uh, a relationship which is uh, all accepting um, what we call unconditional positive regard. And so you don't need to say very much. You you say just enough to 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 keep that to be present with them, believing that they have the tools to find out what they need to find out or to travel where they need to travel to. It's not your journey. It's not your job as the therapist to uncover um, uh, solutions for them. You do it together. Uh, or in fact, really what you're doing is, what's that, what's that, um, <laughs> what's that Olympic sport? Oh, curling. You know curling. Well, we in Canada know curling, yes. <laughs> exactly. I used to live in Canada, by the way. But, oh. but with the curling, you know there's the guy, maybe you even know the name for him or the woman who, who has the brush. The sweep. Um, and the sweep, exactly. And they're sweeping away, clearing a path. That's how I see my work. I'm, I'm sweeping away a path. And then it's a path which is theirs. I'm not deciding where they're going to go. They're already on their way. I'm just helping clear up, sweeping it a little bit. So you're providing clarity. And this is a very organic uh, movement, and I'm assuming that it might take a, a session or two for people to, to get the gist of it because it's a new type of therapy from sitting in an office and, and talking to somebody. Um, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, I, I want to hone in on your book and how um, people who don't have the, the opportunity to be running with you can take the wonderful therapy and information and experiences that you have uh, assimilated into this book and apply it in their own lives. So we will be back in a few minutes. Another heartbreak day Feels like you're miles away Don't even need no shade When your sun don't shine Shine Passing dreams Roll by like limousines It's hard to keep believing When I pass you by And by
finish yet Hold on, hold on, he'll get you through this Hold on, hold on, these are the promises I never will forget, I never will forget So hold on, hold on, the Lord ain't finished yet Hold on, hold on, he'll get you through this Hold on, hold on, these are the promises I never will forget I never will forget I know your heart been broke again I know your prayers ain't been answered yet Hi, everybody. We are back with William Poulin. If you have questions, we are pushing up against uh, the time for accepting them, but you can still hit us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Health Hub RMC, or uh, you can call in at 416-245-1534. Okay, William, let's talk about your book. I do have some questions, some things pulled out of your book that I want to address. And um, one of them is the empathy runs that you speak about. Now, what is an empathy run? Ah, I'm glad you went there. Um, can I just make a note, by the way, that the the book in America and Canada has a different title. You said it was called Run for Your Life. That's in the UK. In America, it's called Running with Mindfulness. Okay. But they are exactly the same books. Um, to answer your question, what is an empathy run? And that's in the book. Um, an empathy run is something I developed. It's a very simple technique for two people to uh, improve their communication. It, it's super simple. Basically, the two of you agree to go for a 10-minute walk, whatever it may be, a 10-minute run, whatever you're good for. And for the first 10 minutes, one person will share about whatever they want to share about. The other person will, and this is what my um, TED talk, TEDx talk is about, by the way. Um, the other person will... Um, Will, will merely serve as an ear, as a witness. Um, you, if you're listening, you do not supply um, interpretations, encouragement, care, uh, none of these things. You're merely going to be there with them. Uh, what happens is you, the person that's talking gets 10 uninterrupted minutes, which is pretty rare these days. And, you know, I think that we're all getting much worse at communicating because we live in this, um, you know, bullet point life that we live. And to share about what we really care about, feelings or thoughts, often takes, you know, a few minutes to develop. And, uh, and nobody has that time anymore. Nobody gives that time to anybody anymore. And the art of conversation is kind of gone. And the art of intimacy is increasingly going. And the art of empathy or the practice of empathy is increasingly being lost or, or not triggered at all. So this is an opportunity for people just to open up about whatever it is they want to. It could be some, something as, as, as 
Bernalas cooking a cake and, and what they find exciting about that or it could be a collapsing marriage and everything in between. After 10 minutes, the listener is going to uh, report back a very brief synopsis of what they've heard. Oh, I heard you talking about your marriage and how difficult it is, something like that. Then you swap roles and now you're doing what they did and you two will report back. Uh, at the end of their 10 minutes, somebody, oh, I, I heard you talking about that cake that you love making. And that's it. But the magic is in the movement. The magic's in the 10 minutes of silence. Um, the magic's in not being interrupted. The magic's in the community involved and the, the togetherness that's created uh, through, through going out, moving and being together. You, you, I just actually made a note when you were talking and then you, you brought it up. The art of conversation is lost um, you know, and, and it's lost by all of us by, I'm not sure that the young kids, uh, have had a chance to cultivate it. Um, but, uh, definitely sitting around and chatting is, is not something that is done nearly as much as it, it used to be. And, mm. and, you know, why are we disconnected? Why is this, you know, getting out and going for a walk, seems so natural, but for you to have to write it down in a book and have so many people read it and, and, and get a, yeah, that sounds great, we've lost connection somehow. Why do you think that we're disconnected these days? Well, I hate to put it onto media, social media, and the Internet, but, uh, but that's where it has to go. All, all on that. Don't, don't yeah. you think? Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? I mean, there are other things. You know, there's the breakdown of the nuclear family there's the i don't know about in in canada but over here the the church is much less important than it once was Mm -hmm. um rituals are gone communities are smaller if if not uh existing at all you've got a lot more multiculturalism which on the one hand is fantastic but on on the other hand it often leads uh to you know a lot of people from very different backgrounds different languages for whom creating a community is, is harder because they don't have the language skills or they've got different religious beliefs. So these are, but mostly uh, I would say it's the internet because people are sitting at home playing on their, uh, watching Netflix when they could be out, you know, before Netflix existed, you might've been out or before the TV existed or telegraph or mm. been out at a dance or a play or I don't know what. And then you'd go and discuss it and, It'd be incredibly exciting. And then just, uh, just we're so busy, I think, too. Um, you know, even to go out together with somebody. You know, I, I hear so many people just text me, I don't feel like talking. And, you know, I don't have time to talk or send me a quick text. And we, we, are, we are losing that. And it's so pleasurable to, to be out and, and walking. Now, what about for people who enjoy running alone? Does this, does your therapy... Can it be used for people who uh, prefer to be on their own? Do you have techniques that people can cultivate who like to to take that time that they do have to work in themselves? No, most definitely. So the book has in it, as I mentioned, in in Canada and America, the publishers gave it a different title, Running with Mindfulness. Mindfulness is part of it. Um, So there's uh, mindful running is in the book. Mindful walking is in the book programs on how to do it. Um, And then the book is, and there's some meditation stuff in there, but primarily the book I would say is, is half mindful. No, a third mindfulness, 
and the rest of it are these specific programs on uh, for depression, anxiety, anger, relationship issues. So if you've got one of those, you turn to that chapter in my book. Um, I talk about what that is and how it's understood. And then I ask you to run 20 sessions. Each session has a question. I ask you to take notes, uh, and which you can write in the book after your run or in a cafe somewhere. And then I ask you to do something known as the, and you can keep on running with these until you feel satisfied. And the answers, the, the questions are really all about your relationship, let's say depression. What's your relationship with your feelings? Uh, how do you, are you avoidant? Do you try to fix them? Do you feel shame around them? What's your family background? Um, what are your lifestyle choices? What are your beliefs? What are your expectations? So we go through this whole bunch of questions which helps you get to know and gets you closer to what's going on in your life. And I ask you about the decisions that you're making and, and, uh, and, and, I, and I hope challenge you to, to, to make some different decisions and hold your hand through that process. Now, um, if you're, if you're so, a runner, um, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're a runner who goes like, as I said, for me when I run, I have a hard time thinking of anything except my next step. Um, yeah. I would need to pull back, I'm assuming, to yeah. incorporate this therapy. Um, but other people can, you know, who are, you know, it's different from the mindfulness aspect. Like I just consider my husband who thinks of, of pretty much nothing and he's happy about doing that. Um, you have to change your running format to adapt this therapy, I'm going to assume, if you're going from a person who was a runner. Because we have had runners... Um, send in questions. Well, when I'm running, what should I be thinking? Or it, it's not just running and thinking. It's it's a whole play on the concept. So you can't, as a runner, I'm assuming, um, just grab this book and implement your strategies. Well, I'm not a hundred percent sure I know what you're asking, but let me say this: is that. There's a single question for each day's run. As I said, you might run it many times, but there's one question. And I don't ask people to labor over the question. I, hold, I ask them to hold the question, to consider it before the run begins, and then just to run with it. And I find that if it's relevant, because don't forget, if you're anxious at that, this is different from you, right? You're not in an anxious or depressed place right now, I don't think. If you were... And you would be more inclined to think about the questions about your depression that I'm asking you, and it would make more sense for you to to, to pour over it and consider it. Um, but I don't think it's a pouring thing. I think what happens is that people people go on what I call a DRT journey, and they start looking at themselves and the relationship they're having. And then because running is so creative, when they run, whether it's with an empty mind or a small triggered mind by, by seeding themselves with this question, I find stuff comes up. It, it, it comes up naturally, like going to sleep on a question. So no, I don't think there's much to, <laughs> I don't think there's much to change if, if you're a runner, you know, just think about this question uh, and, and start running and see whether you, you remain thinking about it. Normally, if it's a difficult point in your life, I find people will start, the question will trigger a whole cascade of thoughts. And the longer you run and the harder you run, the more cascades and the more answers come out. And then you want to sit down and quickly write everything down. 
that you've thought about. Uh, and if and if nothing cascades out, well, then try it again on another day. Well, that question may not apply to you. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Now, for those who are interested in um, getting the book, maybe you could lay out for the listeners. Well, you told uh, you just mentioned that you'd go to a specific chapter for uh, a particular issue. What do you cover in the book? Oh, uh, so I might actually have to grab a copy there, just in case, <laughs> just in case I miss one. I don't want to miss one. Um, so because it's, I think it's important for people to know, you know, that there's a specific area that you can address, and yeah. uh, it, it'd be good for our listeners to know that. So these are the chapter headings. I've got an introduction, then I've got a chapter called the journey, which is all about how we go on journeys together and what journeys mean. Then I've got the healing environment, which talks about uh, how good nature is for you. Then I've got uh, these um, uh, chapters, as I've talked about, for for various conditions. So I've got depression, anxiety, relationships, anger, decision-making. I've got parents and kids, where that's programs for running with your kids. I've got mindful running, I've got running backwards, which is a uh, is is a chapter you read if you're in a crisis period, and then I've got the end of the rainbow, which is the final chapter and explains to you how to come to the end of your your DRT experience. How long is this? Uh, is your particular course in the book? How many weeks is it? How how long is a piece of string? Oh, it can go on forever, I guess. Right? Keep <laughs> yeah. reapplying and you know, reapplying. Yes, I ask, I ask people to, you know, during the, the end of the rainbow, I give them ideas of how they might know. that. But a lot of it's about feeling better. You know, if you're feeling better, if you're feeling uh, confident that you, you've made a little bit of progress with your depression, your anger, whatever it may be, uh, well, then that could be a good time to uh, write what I call the final synopsis, this letter to yourself, which incorporates all of the notes that you've taken along your DRT journey. And then you can put the book down for a bit, pick it up again when you need it. Interesting. Now, if you were to have a partner to run with, you know, someone to chat with, to to conversate in your runs, what do you think the characteristics of a good running partner, a good therapy partner would be? Somebody you can trust somebody you like, somebody who has similar values to you, somebody who has a similar level of fitness to you, and probably somebody with a, uh, a, a vaguely similar emotional background. So if you don't, if, you know, if you're a very reserved person and, 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 and they're very dramatic, that might that might not work for you. Yeah, just somebody that you like and, and you identify with. Okay. Now, you mentioned um, something in, in one of the chapters or one of the names of your chapters, and it was called Mindful Running. Now, how does this differ from the other type of um, therapies that are going on within the book with the running? What differentiates mindful running versus running therapy? Okay, so the running therapies are the programs I'm talking about for depression, etc. Mindful running is, is always the same um, and, and has nothing to do with uh, treating uh, a mental health condition. 
Uh, instead, like all mindfulness, it's about becoming present to the moment uh, in your life that you're having right now and leaving all of the rumination, fears, and and focus that we tend to place on the past and, uh, and the future. And using the body to anchor yourself. And in the case of mindful running, using uh, running and the environment in particular to anchor yourself in the here and now. Using the senses, the smell, the sights that you see, the sounds that you hear. So you're really getting into where you are. And when you do that, uh, you find that, I find anyway, that the lights are, the colors are a little brighter. Your breathing is a little easier. And for me, actually, a strange thing happens. I find that when I'm stressed, I hear a lot of the noises out there. And it seems all I hear is noises. Car horns and and whatnot, children and people screaming. But when, uh, when I do a lot of mindfulness, I find I hear the sounds in between those. So I'm connected to the piece that's in between the sounds, not the sounds that's in between the piece. Mm, very nice. Now, you recently did a you TED do, Talk. Sorry, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, do you do mindfulness meditation or any kind of meditation? I do. Um, I only get in about 10 minutes. Um, I'm doing it in the morning. And uh, it is by far one of the most challenging things of my day because I'm still not at that point where... Um, I'm still working very hard to settle my mind down. Um, yeah. And then that's, that's a, it's an ongoing thing for me. Um, I might actually consider changing up the time of day. I'm doing it in the morning um, because I find mm. that I can set aside some time in the morning, but I'm thinking on a personal level that I may change that up to the end of the day when I don't have my whole day that I am looking forward to. Um, I just think my mind is too too busy. So I'm giving myself another uh, week or so until I go away, and then I may revisit the timing. Because I think for me personally, that's a very important thing. Yes. Well, don't forget that in, in, in mindfulness there are no goals. And quite often we get ourselves trapped into this goal of being relaxed, this goal of slowing down, this goal. It's not, if you come at, come at it goal-orientated, then you're going to be in trouble. It's just the opposite, really. You're letting go of all goals, and you're just being present. And and uh, and and by so doing, you you end up relaxed. But if you get it the wrong way round, you can end up doing battle with the world and all of your needs and all of your expectations, and uh, and it becomes the whole thing. It, it is very difficult. It is very difficult, yeah. and I find that you know when I when I sit to meditate, it's you know my goal is to not think of anything, and by setting that goal, I'm thinking of things, <laughs> and it's it's a pra- it, it certainly is a practice. It's it's a it's a muscle exercise of the brain, and um, yeah. But I, I I am committing to doing it. I've done it off and on for years, but uh, just this last little bit, I've I've committed to doing it first thing in the morning. So I am trying. I, and you're counting your breath. I'm not so much counting my breath. I do, you know, when I'm anxious, I do the, the technique where I breathe in slowly, hold it, and, and breathe out. When I'm um, in my meditation, I am just trying to focus on my actual breathing, not so much counting. So, yeah. um, I just, my I mind is always going. For your listeners, um, 
who are interested, I would say, you know, give it a go and just use the most common method, which is trying to count to 10 breaths and then start again. And quite often we get and concentrate on your breath, concentrate on the breath, get to one, because you're still concentrating, you get to two, you're still concentrating on the breath, noticing it coming in, noticing it coming out. And then you get to three, three, three breaths, and then you're just like, God, I've got to do that report for my boss, or mm-hmm. I wonder when the laundry's going to be done. At that point, you go back to one, and yeah. you start again. Well, and that's a what good you technique. notice is that you've got this, um, this struggle within where you're uh, admonishing yourself, oh, why can't I get to four? Why am I? I'm no good at this. That is what you're, that is the best part. That's the bit you're going to surrender. When that voice shows up, you just go, oh, look, I'm doing that thing again. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I'm just like everybody else. Let me bring this back. Well, I, that is, that is Im- important. And, you know, I, I, um, sorry, Alex, I can't hear anything. Is it, uh, William, are you there? Okay. Sorry. Okay. There we go. Um, for me, at nighttime when I was doing it, I was I was so relaxed. I thought that, I thought that I wasn't doing it right. Oh, we have. Okay, all right. So everybody, we have lost William. Well, it's a good thing it's towards the end of the show. But um, yeah, talking about the meditation, the reason I switched to the morning was because I felt like I was too relaxed at night. So I don't know what the best thing is to do. So hopefully we get William back on the show uh, before we run out of time. But I will give you all of his information. Um, he does have a new book coming out. It's called The Golden, Ro- Golden Road to Self-Acceptance, and we will get information up about that. And his TED Talk, which is which is quite nice, is called uh, Movement is Medicine. So that's a pretty new TED Talk that um, that you can find. And if you follow him on Twitter at, at Pool and Therapy, he's also on Instagram at D underscore Running Therapy and on Facebook at Dynamic Running Therapy. He has a website called dynamicrunningtherapy.com. So all of those places, if you um, if you hone in on him there, you will be able to find out about his book, about his upcoming book, and about his TED Talk. I think what he's doing is is absolutely wonderful. His book is available in eight countries. Um, oh, we've got him back. Okay, so William, you there? I sure am. Okay, sorry, I don't know what happened there. We did get through with uh, all of your information. So just we've got a couple of seconds left here. So quickly yep. tell us about your TED Talk. Um, I've given all the information about your um, your contact information, and we have been showing that to everybody. So where where to get your book and your TED Talk? So TED Talk is on YouTube. Put in Movement is Medicine, William Pullen, uh, and that'll come up. Um, it was a lot of fun to do. Uh, quite a lot of pressure, but uh, uh, <laughs> I like to push myself out of my comfort zone, just about like to do it. Um, and the book you can find on Amazon, of course, and in all good bookstores. So again, in um, Canada, in North America, it's called Running with Mindfulness. So that's what you would yep. be looking up. But if you look up William's name, uh, you will definitely be directed to the right spot. So sorry about that little glitch there at the end, William. But Thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. I hope you guys have learned a lot. I know I have. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub.
You have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada. Jean-Paul II, we love you. We'll never forget how you touched our hearts. Jean-Paul II, we love you. Your memory will live forever in us. Jean-Paul II, we love you. We'll never forget how you touched our hearts. Jean-Paul II, we love you. Your memory will live forever in us. Traveling round the world you came, bringing the gospel message. Never watering down the world. Spoke the truth so clearly And even when your health declined Still pushed on and on Ne'er saw suffering in your eyes Spirit kept you strong John Paul II, we love you We'll never forget how you touched our hearts John Paul II, we love you Your memory will live forever in us John Paul II We love you, we'll never forget how you touched our hearts. John Paul too, we love you, your memory will live forever in us. Life is such a precious gift, and you lived your life fully. You showed us what it meant to be, a child of God so truly. Forgiving one who meant you harm, it did what Christ would do. A sign of peace to everyone. We could do this too Whoa. John Paul II, we love you We'll never forget how you touched our hearts John Paul II, we love you Your memory will live forever in us John Paul, John Paul Pray for us Pray for us To the Forget how you touched our hearts, John Paul II. We love you, your memory will live forever in us. Into the future, we will go boldly in Jesus' name. Remembering your words of hope, you said, Be not afraid. Brick by brick, we will build God's city within man's city. Moved by love and not by fear, Christ's light will shine in us. Whoa. John Paul II, we love you We'll never forget how you touched our hearts John Paul II, we love you Your memory will live forever in us John Paul II, we love you We'll never forget how you touched our hearts John Paul II, we love you Your memory will live forever in us John Paul II, we love you John Paul II, we love you John Paul II, we love you Your memory will live forever in us. Hi, this is Tony Gosnich inviting you to join me for Culture Watch. Culture Watch is a bi-weekly look from a Catholic perspective 
at important news, issues, and events affecting human life, the family, and culture at large. We're on the air with original editions the second and fourth Thursday of every month at 6.05 p.m. That's Culture Watch here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. Listeners, join us as we pray the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel spoke God's message to Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I am the lowly servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and lived among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may become worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, fill our hearts with your grace. Once, through the message of an angel, you revealed to us the incarnation of your Son. Now, through his suffering and death, you lead us to the glory of his resurrection. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Eternal rest, grant to them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May this recording